Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama. This is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. And online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome in. It is the Monday edition of The Drive, a beautiful Monday afternoon. And... You know, we've had some really nice weather over the last week, with the exception of one day. That was, of course, uh, Saturday when when A-Day was held. We'll talk about that uh, and, and so much that has gone on since our last show this past Friday. But I uh, want to let you know that the drive-on location at one of our favorite places, that is Franklin Tire uh, here on East University, right across from uh, CC's, you know, catty-cornered across from from uh, from the mall, and uh, they've been taking care of folks and their vehicles for a half century, a little over a half century, over four decades here at this location. And uh, let me give you, I'll give you a quick example. I mean, they, they uh, um, we've been bringing our vehicles in the family here for, for years and years, and know that you can, you can count on them, let you know exactly what situations are. You know, last week I was talking on the air about, yeah, I got a problem with the vehicle. Um, well, they, they were able to, uh, diagnose and then gave me some advice and gave me some information that came in very handy. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're just great folks and they do a great job. I mean, um, anything you need seen about with your vehicle, I mean, from a small, just maintenance, uh, to, you know, uh, large, I mean, largest uh, as well, pretty much anything on the vehicle and a great body shop as well. They've got it here at Franklin Tire. They're open 7.30 to 5.30, Monday through Friday. They're going to extend those hours a little bit today with us here uh, until 6 o'clock, obviously. And then 7.30 until uh, noonish on Saturdays here at Franklin Tire. Uh, we're just getting underway. Dan is getting the equipment uh, set up. I believe we should be good to go here momentarily with that. But while we do that, let me go ahead and uh, remind you that hour number one of the drive Brought to you by our friends at Kia of Auburn on South College and KiaofAuburn.com. Kia of Auburn, where you're always number one. And they're also the sponsor of our hotline, the Kia of Auburn hotline, where you can uh, give us your thoughts, questions, comments. And the number to get you through is 334-321-1390. And I'm, I'm connected, so I, I think we... Yeah, we're going to see if, see if we can uh, connect on the... Should sound a little bit better. I've just been on the phone. We should be uh, connecting here momentarily. Can uh, okay, let me let me make sure everything's plugged in where it needs to be. I'm not telling right. it. Yeah, I'm not I'm not hearing Dan right now. We can let's see. All right, Drew. Do we have do we have we we got the uh, all right. Well, uh, we're going to switch over to the to the real equipment. Right. Bill's Bill's going to switch. Bill's going to switch from home uh, from the from the cell phone to the headsets, which are. Now plugged in. We lost power seconds before we were about to go on the air. So sorry about the uh, the, the rock show. The show must go on, and it did. Everybody, so, so got everybody, down check for me to make sure we still have I need everyone. A little, I need a little more uh, headphone. All right, let me. How about, how about now? Is this, uh, is this better for you? Uh, no. 
No, I'm three. All right, this is three, controlling your headphone volume. This is microphone the volume. Top, okay, the top there, one. That, is that go. better that's for you? All right. That's much better. All right, and this should be, that's me, which means this is going to be Brian. And Brian, give us a, a little bit of noise. Well, there you glad go. to be here and glad spring practice has come to an end. And we're off. Yeah, and it wasn't, it wasn't exactly uh, beautiful weather. Brian Matthews, MalvernSports.com. It's good to have Brian back with us on a Monday. The last that's four right. Monday, four or five Mondays, it's either been spring break or football practice going on. And, and uh, I, I will say once again, and we, we've mentioned this during spring ball, really appreciate the, the wind that we got. Yes. We had nearly an hour each Monday to be able to watch practice after spending you know 20 or 30 minutes with Hugh Freeze before practice. Yeah, and I got more of that than I did the A-Day game, unfortunately. I oh, mean, yeah. It's probably, probably, you know, it's, the, the weather played a big part in that. They only had three running quarters. Um, it was hard to tell what was going on in the field just because of the rain and stuff. But I'm telling um, you, our perspective is not great normally. Yeah. With, with water running down the windows there of the press box, yeah, it was pretty tough. Um, but but I, I guess the best news, they, they looked like they came out of the A-Day game healthy. Yeah, definitely. And um, you can see that the running game is going to be strength of this team. It didn't matter what back was out offensive line was out there they were productive uh, mm-hmm. for most of the afternoon and while I'm not going to say Auburn has the best you know offensive line in the SEC country it's clear they've improved yeah, it's, it's much clear they've improved. there's no question yeah. about that yeah I mean how far they've come I don't know I, I think um, I think Dylan Wade and Avery Jones have been a big upgrade at left mm-hmm. tackle and center um, we'll see happens at right tackle at guard you know there's a, a bunch of guys competing there but Connor Lou I believe got got to start at guard in that uh, spring game and look good to me. Well, this is a season where so many people are optimistic about their team's chance that it's it's normal to look at the spring and be like, man, our offensive line can be better than they were last. What's different is I think the reasons you believe that the Auburn offensive line can improve from last year to this year usually doesn't go out and get three high-level other places. I mean, the rules very recently would have required Avery Jones... at least one, maybe two of them, to sit out a year mm-hmm. before they'd be eligible immediately. And so now they can. Uh, I don't think that's changing anytime soon in college football. I, I wonder if it's going to become – position groups could become a little bit more like basketball teams where you look in every – I mean, it's, it's tough to compare football to basketball because the because – the, um, you know, the, the numbers are just so different. But when you look at an individual group – and he could say, "Well, you know, he is, is. Does he have a future here? Does does he need to? Does he need to stick around? Could he be like so many of these mid-major players, to jump from the the mid-major level to the power conference level? Seen Auburn go out and you know fi- find a couple of offensive linemen. So yeah, there, there are parallels, and it will be uh, it, it'll it'll be tougher to it'll, it'll be tougher to keep entire position groups together." And it'll also provide the optimism that a team can do what it looks like Auburn just did, which is drastically make over a position group yeah. with graduate transfers or, or, or transfers from other schools. I mean, when you came in uh, on that offensive line, they made a big impact. The defensive line was definitely impacted by the, by the newcomers. Maybe they didn't perform as well as you'd like. Uh, line obviously won, won the line of scrimmage. Uh, uh, and I still think there's areas that this team can improve. 
players pop into the portal starting in five more days. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's something that Hugh had uh, Hugh Frick had talked about yeah, a couple openly. of times. And I had, you know, I'd been under the impression because the NCAA originally had said May 1st. Yeah. And uh, it had moved up to April 15th. He's been saying the 15th. So you know they are they are keeping a very close eye on uh, everywhere in the country and seeing who is going in there and looking to uh, jump all over anybody um, get in there. But I, I really think that I, that the job that, that he and his staff did and bringing in players from the transfer portal from that first period, mm-hmm. it's amazing. And you've gotten uh, a starter and another, I think, um, person who's backer. Yep. You've gotten at least one, it looks like probably two starters on the line. Yes. So, I mean, and, and, and very likely a star wide receiver. Yep. So, I mean, that's that's unbelievable and, to and think may, of that many. And maybe your best playmaker at wide receiver tight end in Fairweather. He may, you're, you're, he may be a leading well, receiver. You're right. You're right. And then and a guy that, that is a factor you know in the kicking game yep. and I believe in the running slash passing game and in Brian Batiste. Yep. So, that's, that's about – that's a dub, double-figure players from the transfer portal who have who are going to make big impact. And, and the fact that they need probably uh, – Three or four more. I would say tells you how far, probably for sure, how far behind they were right. coming out of um, you know last season, and how much work this staff still has to do to rebuild this program. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious who's going to be out there uh, in, in the in the second half of April, and I'm, I'm curious what Auburn is what what Auburn comes away with because at receiver, I, I look at at just about everyone on the team now. Uh, and and I think well, there's there's upside there if you there's stick with the guys you have. Right. There's there's potential. Sure. Um, will, will a more proven option in college football become available in the portal? And will they look at Auburn as a place where that where they could uh, where they could be at the top of the playing time rotation and they could uh, and and they could have the kind of season that that they're hoping for? You know that that's that's really you know. I just have a feeling, and and Brian, I'd like your thoughts. On standouts from the guys who are, if you're at the power five, that you're going to jump into the portal if you're a starter. Right. Get the best player maybe from a group of five school that wants to play in the SEC and, you know, see if he can step up in competition and maybe elevate his draft profile for the future. So that is a big possibility. There's a whole bunch of schools. Their colleges that run an RPO type system offense, mm-hmm. so they're to have that experience, and they're going to know that Auburn's looking for somebody like that, and has the ability to offer a starting job, um, an off- ability to compete in the SEC, and the ability to probably make some pretty good uh, NIL. So I think Auburn is a place that um, for a quarterback, if the right one can drop in the portal, we quarterback. Receiver, edge rusher, yep. another offensive lineman. Maybe an interior guy, right? I, I think uh-huh. Connor Liu um, going to be a special player for us. Oh, Auburn. yeah. But you, you hate to have to rely right. on as Right, to start in the league right away. Maybe, maybe he's ready to do it. Maybe he will, and maybe he'll be very good. But um, I, I think it would behoove Auburn to get one more uh, experienced lineman in there if, if that game comes available. I guess, you know, in a big world, uh, sure you'd like to – 
experienced cornerback, but man, Kay and Lee yeah. is an exceptional freshman. It really is. And you get uh, back J.D. Rim here mm-hmm. um, uh, this summer. you got three more cornerbacks coming in. You saw they were a little thin during spring, but they didn't let Kay and Lee or Kyan uh, step up like he did. Just gives you I think they probably feel like they can rely on him. You know, I know he hasn't played in the game. Played so well, they're going to figure like he can be in the rotation. Oh, I, to, I think I think he's definitely going to play now. Let me ask. A couple of folks have asked me uh, when I've said I've talked about the offensive line definitely improving and Auburn uh, looking like they're going to be able to run the ball. They go, what does that say about the defensive front? That that's a good question because um, me and you have both been out there and we a lot of time down there at the defensive line. I've liked what I've seen. Yep. But they didn't perform as I expected them to. And then um, we heard, you know, we'd heard Coach Reese talking about the offense dominating, being able to yeah. run for the last, you know, yeah. last half of practice. I think part of that is offense are really, really good. But, yeah, they need to be better back there. I, I don't know if it's part still learning the system somewhat. And you got all these new guys on the defensive line, too, and linebackers, and maybe it takes them a little bit longer because defense, um, you need to be able to get past the thinking part and just go out there and play ball. And it looked like sure. they were a step or a half step behind on a lot of those plays. Yeah. Well, we'd love you. And Saturday, I mean, a total, but it was supposed to a washout. And I really, I really felt bad. I, I know a lot of folks that wanted to, wanted to come to A.A. Wanted to try to you know watch certain things and not just have to rely on what was on the uh, the TV screen. But man, kudos to the folks that did come out. And there were some that sat out of the yeah. from under the shelter and our thing. That was me for five ten. There was some. There was somebody in. Um, there were plenty of people in orange. But there was one person right on the fifty yard line on about row three. Yeah. I moved. I was hoping that they were okay. If you, if you took a stick-and-move approach, you could find different spots and stay sheltered and not crowded oh, yeah. with people. I mean, there were a lot of spots that were, you know, the, 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 the oh, Bill Cameron seats. Let me tell you about our yeah, seats. Yeah. yeah, my family's seats. Uh, those, those babies were long gone. Those, were, po- those were popular seats that, you oh, know, yeah. when, when the rain is coming. But, but, yeah, kudos to everybody on the uh, – Auburn side too, not just the players and coaches, but I mean they they put I mean the band, the the, the cheerleaders, oh, I I mean, for the band, yeah, absolutely. You know they they, they went out there and they uh, and, and they gave it their best shot, even if uh, the weather did not cooperate at all on Saturday. No, and and you know uh, I I know they would have liked to have thrown the ball. But there are some people that are skeptical of that. I think they really did want to throw the ball. Yeah, but you just couldn't do that Saturday. Not effective. I mean, Robbie had a beautiful pass. He did. But, I mean, there there weren't many. And there were some that went through the receiver's hands, and you couldn't really blame them yeah. for that. So it's hard to really judge how anything about the passing game is going to be. All right. I think it is, but I think you can go by what we've seen in practices and what we've heard from coaches that they are open to finding oh, yes. help at quarterback and mm-hmm. help at receiver. So, you know, that tells me that those guys have improved some. And, and Freeze did talk about Robbie improving. Sure. But, um, oh, I believe it looks mechanic- How good he is, or any other, really at um, the reads and, and the RPO. We'll talk more about that. Hey, there's so much more for us to get.
day. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. On a beautiful Monday, Bill, Dan, Brock. Franklin Tire here on East University Drive. Peter, and anything on your mind, your comments, 334-321-1390. That's the Kia of Auburn hotline. Uh, we, we can talk some more football here in a little while, but uh, Brian, I mean, from uh, basket as uh, West Flanagan leaving yes, to go Miss. to Ole Miss, Auburn picking up. They're uh, their top target, I believe, in the uh, transfer portal, and Denver Jones, who visited over the weekend. Yeah, I just think that's an incredibly great pickup, uh, Denver. I mean, he he meets the immediate need of what this team has really needed for a couple of years, and that is a, a guard, a two-guard who can shoot threes. A two-guard with length. Six-foot-four, yeah. right, can defend, can score another one, too, uh, can be your guy that you go to late in the game if you, if you need him to. I mean, I just... He's what they needed a two-guard, right? So they have answered a big question just right there. I mean, that this team is already better by adding Denver Jones to the roster. Yeah, and that averaged over 20 yep. points a game this past year at Florida International. Interesting story. Um, young man who wasn't highly recruited out of high school uh, up in uh, North Alabama, goes to junior college, and then uh, gets an offer at Florida International, and he has just improved every yep. year. Uh, and this past year, yes, better than 20 points a game. He's an 85-plus percent free-throw shooter. Yeah. Uh, I've, you know, I've seen some of the, the analytics on him. He is, he is one of the best catch-and-shoot three-point shooters right. in the country. That's and right. that's, uh, that's something you know Auburn really struggled cons- with any consistency from outside the arc. They had problems with...
get back to The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. There we go. That, that's better. I was going to say, uh, hey, all of a sudden I'm not hearing myself. Welcome back in, everybody. We apologize for the uh, technical problems. I think we have those straightened out. Uh, hopefully we're good to go. And we were uh, basketball uh, move, movement this past weekend as well as Auburn picking up uh, its top prospect, its top target in the uh, transfer portal in Denver Jones. We were talking about him, Brian, and how he is a perfect fit for uh, what Auburn has been looking for. He is. He really is. He's a 6'4 guard, so he has that length to defend and, and maybe help out on the boards a little bit. Uh, he's a pretty good three-point shooter, I'd say, and a very good scorer coming off screens or, or, or catch-and-shoot type. He's got two years of eligibility, good defender. He's exactly what Auburn has needed the past two years on the perimeter, the size and the three-point shooting uh, that was a big pickup. I'm not sure if Auburn could have found a better player in the portal uh, in that area. And now what I was about to ask is, I mean, obviously, I, I don't think Auburn plans on being done. No. <clears throat> they they have some openings now. And uh, what, what in, in your mind, are the top areas of need for Auburn from this point? We still don't have um, definitive answers from Flanagan and Jalen Williams, although I, I – Tend to still think that Jalen's coming back. We'll see. Um, but I still think they need another perimeter player, a uh-huh. 6'3", 6'4", guy who can shoot. Uh, maybe a guy who can also play some point guard. Yeah, a little combo is yes. what I was thinking. Yes, and then they're going to need a four of some, some sort, a stretch four, whether it's um, a guy that comes in and starts and is an impact player or whether it's a guy that can uh, back up or rotate in with Jalen. Uh, they're going to need a four. And then, you know, probably another guy that can play maybe a couple of positions on the perimeter, too. And another good three-point shooter. They just have really lacked in that area the last few years, and they need as many players uh, that can knock down shots from the perimeter as possible. Yeah, I think, um, you know, we've talked about it. Auburn could use somebody who could help Janai Broom rebounding. Yeah. Yep. Uh, also, you know, give give them a, a somebody else that can rotate in there with Yoan Treor now gone. Yep. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, players are pouring into the portal. I know there are quite a few players that Auburn had been mentioned with, but look, let's face it, Auburn was contacting, it seemed like, just about every player that went to the portal uh, was saying that Auburn had been one of the schools that had contacted them. So I know there are quite a few of the names that appear to be off the board now. The the 7-1 center from Marshall today is, uh, has committed to Florida. Damian Dunn went to Houston a couple of days ago. Um, so, um, you know, we'll, ha- we'll just have to wait and, and see who there is. I don't know of anybody else that is scheduled to be visiting now because Dunn, right. and Dunn was, was one of the guys that Auburn was hoping to get in this weekend. Right. But they did get their number one guy in Denver right. Jones. And there, there's talk about some more guys that could potentially pop in the portal here. And I, I'm not sure that, uh, you know, Auburn may have some guys who, who decide to go ahead and leave too. So there's going to be a lot of movement in the coming weeks. Oh, you're absolutely right. I mean, the, uh, the, the portal is, is, uh, is hopping right now. And uh, there will be a lot more movement in and out. Speaking of movement in and out, uh, we, we mentioned a little while ago the, uh, uh, the departure of, of West Flanagan heading over to Ole Miss. Uh, right in with Chris Beard, who he had worked for 
at, uh, at, at Arkansas State before, uh, before he took over as a head coach? Yeah. Uh, well, I think he was just ready to move on and, and have a different challenge. And um, for Auburn, it's an opportunity maybe to bring in some fresh blood, you know, maybe a younger guy, mm-hmm. uh, maybe a guy that, um, you know, is a really good recruiter and can, and can build into becoming a, a really good coach and, you know, round out his career and take a step up. So I, I, you know, I think um, Bruce Paul has a ton of connections and his staff do, and I think they'll find a really talented uh, young coach to come in here and fill that position. Yeah. yeah. He was a really good recruiter as well. Yes, but, I was. mean, I think he's, he's probably uh, – uh, it's hard to imagine he doesn't want to be a head coach again yeah. and uh, might have felt that, uh, you know, better opportunity for him to move somewhere else and, and, and make himself in another place other than his alma mater. Right, right. And uh, you know, best of luck to him. He did a terrific job here at Auburn, mm-hmm. uh, terrific coach and recruiter uh, for this program. And, uh, of course, was a great player back in the day, too. So uh, basketball news, stay tuned. There will be uh, There will be a lot more. I mean, we talked about the football transfer portal. It doesn't officially open right. until this Saturday. But, I mean, the basketball transfer portal is open, and it opened, you know, right after the uh, selection Sunday. So it's coming up, I believe, the middle of next month. Well, it, it opened right after selection Sunday, but there was, there was a dead period in recruiting right. until this past weekend. So this was the first weekend that players could take official visits well, from the transfer portal. Right? This was the, this was the first. Yeah, that's like the, you, had, you had guys you, taking you, their. You only had a week dead period. Right, but but guys, they could they could visit in between. And guys, I mean, I guess you didn't see a lot of official visits during the NCAA tournament because coaches right. were doing other things, and a lot of coaches go to the tournament itself or sure. to you know so, so that so this was the first oh, this, really this is crazy time. This right was now. the first really active weekend for official visits since the basketball transfer portal opened up, and that's why I think you're seeing a flurry of commitments. Yesterday, today, tomorrow, some guys that Auburn had been looking at. Sure. Uh, Mike, Micah Handlogged in the Marshall Center that we've talked about, committed to Florida earlier today. Uh, Cal L., uh, the uh, fella from uh, Krypton, who plays for, uh, for Oregon, uh, the Little Rock Center, uh, who was a big-time center uh, coming out of high school, didn't play much uh, for Oregon, but, but is, is still viewed with a lot of potential. Sounds like he's going to go to Indiana tomorrow. He's, he's making his announcement. Uh, but you're seeing players jump into the portal as well, and uh, did you guys get into? I, I had to handle some more connection-related business there. Did you guys get into what Auburn could still be looking for? Yeah, yeah, we in the were. portal because I think Denver Jones checks off one of the boxes. He checks off the the most important yes. box, the first box that Auburn wanted. But but yeah, uh, and Auburn is still waiting a to combo, hear what, a combo, another wing, and mm-hmm. probably some help inside. I would right. think Auburn's probably in the market for three more. Would would, that, would a decision by Alan Flanagan to stay or go impact that list at all or do you do you still or yeah. do, or do you think it's yeah, yeah, yeah that's that, that would mean you definitely need another wing. Yeah. Yeah, if if, if Flanagan were to yeah, go ahead, Brian. If he leaves, you've got to bring in a, a three that can start. Right. And and you're looking for another impact guy like a Denver Jones, just a guy who's, you know, six five, six six or or, or bigger there at the throw race. Still, I mean there there are there are a lot of, of potential major conference starting caliber players in the portal and and more jumping in uh, seemingly by the day. So you know it's it's, it's not as though I mean it's it's a matter of choosing the right one. You're going to have options there to, well, to fill a void. It's just you know you, you don't have unlimited uh, you don't have unlimited choices. You have to pick uh, you have to pick the right one when when, when you well, when you decide you on somebody. You have to pick the right one, and then they have to choose you. You, you have to convince them, if possible, to come visit your place first. That's what we're seeing, and we were talking about this before we came on the air, Dan, is that. The players, a lot of players are going ahead, and once they 
once they visit that place that's the top of their list, if they have a good enough time there, they're not going to visit anywhere else. Right. So you count on, well, let's wait and see, and hopefully after a couple of visits we can get this player in because there's no reason, just as we saw with Denver Jones, he visited, he committed, he yep. signed. That's so right. it's done. Yep. So you don't want to take a chance. If it's somebody you really want, you've got to do your best to convince them to come to your place before they go somewhere else so that you can try to go ahead and woo them and sign them. And it's going to be the same in the football portal, too. When that quarterback yep. pops in that portal. Look at the first place you better they go. Be, you better be on top of that immediately. I mean, he better get that text. If or, there's an edge rusher. Yeah, ooh, from, from you better be staff within 15 minutes or less. You know, that you just got to move so fast. And Same in basketball. 334-321-1390. We'd love for you to join in. Anything you want to talk about sports-wise here on the Monday edition of The Drive. Once again, we're at Franklin Tire here on East University. Bill, Dan, and Brian Matthews. Well, um, we, we haven't talked about it yet. Uh, it, it wasn't a, a lost weekend in baseball, but it was it was not what Auburn was hoping for or needed this past weekend in that uh, – two-day, three-game series. Yeah. That, that's just, I mean, Auburn doesn't need to pe- play a, a doubleheader on a Friday with their pitching staff. Oh, right? you're not it's kidding. Just, it's just a little bit too much, and, you know, you could tell that. They, they definitely ran out of steam. They ran out of pitching again, uh, I felt like, and, um, you know, they lost a series at home to Texas A&M. And that, that's, um, a, that's a tough one when, you know, both teams come in three and six. Mm. We were talking about it going going into the weekend, Brian, that, that looking yeah. at looking at the schedule, you felt like Auburn had the opportunity to try to get back to the 500 mark over the next three series. Yeah. If they just go, they go six and three, they could be nine and nine because they were playing three teams that were right there with them, you know, in the standings, and uh, and and they they lose two out of three, and losing two out of three at home yeah, is what's tough. really bad. It really is tough, you know. Um, didn't get the start they needed in Thursday night's game. Lost that. Um, managed to hold on barely in the first game of the Despite doubleheader. 13 walks yeah. in the opener of the doubleheader. And then they walked 12 more in that second game. It's just, you know, they're just short on pitching. They're just short. Um, Chase Isbell was out this past weekend. Joseph Gonzalez is still out. They probably pushed Tommy Sheehan a little bit too early to come back on Saturday and mm-hmm. start, I mean, on Friday and start that game. Uh, I guess the one positive to come out is, because they played a game on Thursday and two on Friday, now they've got that extra time to rest up, maybe get some guys back, maybe give these guys a bullpen and work on some things, and maybe come into that series at Alabama this upcoming weekend in a little bit better shape. Yeah, Alabama team struggling, too. This yeah. is a huge series for yeah, both teams is. coming up this weekend. You know, I, I was looking, and this, this, is, this is unbelievable. I mean, Auburn was able to, the last two innings, Against Texas A&M in the in the doubleheader with the, of the last game, which which they lost decisively, but they didn't allow a run the last two innings. That is the only thing when you check your stats. Now look at look at Auburn's statistics in conference. Auburn was going into those last two innings had allowed exactly the same amount of earned runs as innings pitched. Yeah, that's, that's a nine ERA, and that's, yeah, that's I've, I've never never seen anything like that. I mean, yeah. and the guys they're they're it, the whole staff is struggling. You can see they're pressing. Yep. They're like they're they're not. We, we you know sort of related to what you were talking about about defensively football wise. It's they're they're so concerned about being perfect 
And when you're yeah. when you're thinking about being perfect when you're pitching, you're generally not going to be. How how much of it? And, and I don't mean to be glib or or dismissive about this. How, how much of the concerns about walks are related to concerns that if they put the ball in the strike zone, the other team could hit it really really hard. And that's you know that and that's a that's, that's what's a, been happening. That's a tough puzzle to solve. You're because, pitching from behind. Yeah. It's, and it's even dangerous. you get ahead one two and o oh, two and they're serving up you know bad pitches and, and they're getting knocked out of the park. So, it, I mean you, Auburn Auburn won a game in that series largely because the offense was so effective yeah. in the first three innings right. of game two because right. you were able to score what eight yet eight by the end of the third inning in, in a game that you ended up winning by one run and and that was. At, and even in that game, the bullpen, I mean, I think A&M only scored, and I say it like only, only scored two runs in the final three innings of that game. That's the well, game I'll where tell Auburn... You what, you, you, you take that right now. Yeah, yeah. If you're Butch Thompson, well, you that, probably take... You know. That's the game where Auburn walked A&M 13 times yeah. and still won, despite A&M only issuing one walk to Auburn in the, in the same game. So, no, it was a... We went into the weekend talking about how big the next... Three series seemed like they were for Auburn because the the opponents after that are really really tough and, and not to say that A and M and Alabama and Mississippi aren't tough opponents but after that you get into some national and if you you know you don't want to be scrambling for wins in the conference to keep your postseason chances open uh, with or, or you don't want big questions anywhere in your lineup going into a series against. South Carolina or LSU or, or, or some of the teams Auburn could see in the in, in the second half of conference play. This weekend was not reassuring as far as how Auburn could fare when because because A and M is not a national championship contender in the eyes of most teams. They're they're, they're not. Uh, they're a talent team that just hasn't put together sort of like Auburn. Are they viewed Are they viewed as a top half of the conference not team? The moment, but you know, at, at preseason they were. Preseason they were at the moment probably not. And and that's that's where it's it's concerning because, you know, that's it's it's going to get the, the road's going to get tougher. And this is what Auburn needs. They need one pitcher to step up. Yep. And give them seven innings in the start. Just somebody pressure off Just, the pin so that they can have some arms right. for two other. They get two or three innings out of a starter. And your bullpen's already thin. It just kills you in a, in a three game series. You just run out of pitching. And that keeps happening to them, you know. Um, so they just need somebody to step up and give them. You know, we're we're month three of the season. There should be guys, you know, there should be guys that are ready to step up and give a, a, a team seven or eight innings. It just hasn't really gotten close for that for Auburn. And you and you wonder. I mean, nobody's really had the opportunity to get stretched out. Even if they're pitching well, you got to be yeah. ready to make a change. But then, who do you go to? Yeah, and you know, some of these guys are, are throwing eighty or ninety pitches in three innings, right? So well, I they got to be more efficient, out. too. Okay. Yeah. yeah, they got to be more efficient, right? 334-321-1390. Bill, Dan, and Brian, we'll get to our final break of hour number one. Love for you to join in here on the drive as we come to you from Franklin Tire. You're live on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email us at thedrive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive. Final segment of hour number one here on this Monday afternoon at Franklin Tire. Bill, Dan, Brian Matthews from AuburnSports.com. 
down. We were talking uh, some, some baseball. Auburn dropping two out of three to fall to four and eight in SEC play. They travel to Tuscaloosa to take on an Alabama team that was swept this past weekend by Mississippi State. State, yeah, State went into the ser- into that series one and uh, no, zero oh and nine. Yeah, and I'm talking about Auburn's pitching struggling. State's pitching has been just. Just, I mean, as bad as you can imagine a team's pitching being. Yeah. Uh, so, so right now, Auburn and Alabama both four and eight, and a huge series for both coming up this weekend. Uh, speaking of baseball, though, uh, Saturday moved it. They moved it inside uh, the ceremony for Frank Thomas as his statue was unveiled. You were over there, Brian. I, I didn't make it over until um, until the A Day game. So I uh, just talk a little bit about the the ceremony and I mean Frank is Frank's a guy that has, has got a, a, a he's got a sharp he's got a sharp wit he, he will does. Uh, he'll have a little fun but uh, how how was how was the big hurt uh, I would say he was emotional and you could tell he really appreciated uh, you know this this trophy I mean not trophy uh, statue and and just having everybody there there are a ton of people uh, packed in that lounge right there on the second uh, floor of the um, uh, Jordan Hare Stadium, kind of overlooking Plainsman Park. There, um, I, I thought the best. You know, a bunch of guys talked, but Hal Baird came up there and made this joke about um, eugenics and his wife, and it just about <laughs> killed everybody in there, including Frank. Um, and then uh, we got to go outside. It was just you know a little drizzle when we went out right. there for him to to pull the um, cord there and, and unveil the the statue. And I thought the statue looked incredible. But you you, get, you do you just see from his face how excited he was. He Talked to him afterwards, and he said it was perfect. You know the statue. I mean, you could just tell how excited it was. He said he's his son is playing at um, IMG Academy. Is this down? Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I, th- I think he's a, a freshman or sophomore, but he's playing on the varsity, I believe. Um, and um, so he's now in the Southmore. So he said that he's going to come up. He's going to spend be spending more time at Auburn. Uh, oh, now that's that he's great. Back in the South. Uh, which I think um, everybody's excited about and um, had a bunch of uh, teammates there. You know, everybody that was, you know, associated with Auburn basically was there, you know, to support him. And um, I thought it was a terrific thing that Auburn did for him. Yeah, no no question about it. One of the most just amazing. I mean, we've seen some unbelievable uh, athletes come through Auburn. I mean, he had that little run right there uh, for uh, in, in, in a span of about, six years where you had so many just of the the top athletes in the world right here at Auburn. And Frank was one of those. I mean, he was, uh, people, you know, people, you know, may have read that, Oh, he came to Auburn as a football slash, uh, as a, on a football scholarship and played baseball as well. He was a great, he was a great tight end as well. Yeah, I mean, he was. Had great hands really, or I mean, really moved well for a big guy. Yeah, but he made the right choice. Yeah, and they talked about Pat Dye a lot, and Pat Dye had told many people um, that he thought that Frank Thomas could have been a NFL, a ten-year NFL vet. At, I don't doubt that at all. At tight end, uh, but um, Pat Dye also uh, really helped Frank make the move to play baseball because he believed him as a baseball player too. And Coach Dye, I mean, Coach yeah. Dye was was very good about letting players play mm-hmm. both football and baseball. There were quite a few guys. That uh, that that were very good in both sports. Yeah, and here's the thing that stands out to me most about Frank Thomas um, when I think about his career. Batted 301. Where, where is it? Okay, he's he is um, he only joins a few players that have hit 500 home runs and maintained a 300 batting average in his career. The players are Babe Ruth, 
Jimmy Fox, Mel Ott, Ted Williams, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, and then Manny Ramirez joined him after Frank mm-hmm. was done. I mean, that is an incredible list of players. That's why, that's why he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. How long have they been playing baseball? <laughs> yeah, a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I heard and something on a today. short list of guys that have never done anything? Yeah, I heard something today that, that <clears throat> baseball this year will uh, welcome its 20, uh, 20, how do you say this? They'll hit the 23,000 mark as far as players in Major League Baseball the 23, history. 23,000 Major League Baseball players. Yeah, see, player. that, that it was going to be thousand. tough to say yeah, that. Thousand. So there have been 23,000 players that have reached the majors. And only eight. And eight have done what you yeah. just said. That's and we're it. talking about Babe Ruth and uh, Ted Williams and Willie Mays and Hank Aaron. I mean, <laughs> that's have just either, an incredible company. Have either of you guys gone to see the statue yet? Did you see it? You could see it today? Yeah. 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 I think it looks. I mean, it looks pretty cool, imposing. And, and well, Frank is strong. Frank was and is imposing. That's tort, a, that's yeah. a, I, that may be. I mean, my favorite of the statues. Yeah, yeah I, really, I agree. It, it it looks great. It's um that is him driving yeah. the ball to right center yeah, the way a, he a always fitting, did. A fitting tribute. Oh yeah, to, to Frank Thomas. And yeah. one thing Frank mentioned about the statue was he said that that it looked like him in Auburn and not him in in the Major League Baseball. So I think he's worked out about that. Yeah, so uh, so so that was great. He was, yeah, he was he was around there Saturday. The, he got honored there during one of the during one of the short breaks that they had during a day. I believe spoke uh, through the first pitch out uh, before Game Three on Friday at at Plainsman mm-hmm. Park yep. and spoke to the team. I think before Game Two or either before Game Two or before Game One, uh, they brought in Frank to talk to the team. We're going to talk with Justin Kirby. In oh, that's right. About a half hour, Auburn outfielder, a, a Tiger Takes, brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Group, and we will have um, we, we can talk to him about Frank Thomas and what and what they got to experience this weekend with statue dedication and a visit from not just Auburn's lone Hall of Famer in the Major League Baseball. Still Hall of amazing. Famer. He is the only SEC, the only yeah. player who played for an SEC team mm-hmm. who's in the Hall of Fame. Yep. I mean, you have. You had some players that before there was the Southeastern Conference that played at those schools, right? And you probably and you have some that played on schools that are now in the SEC, but they weren't SEC members uh, that that went on to become the Hall of Famers. And as I like to point out, you have at least one major leaguer from the SEC that probably would have gotten in the Hall of Fame before Frank <laughs> Thomas had he not had his reputation sullied by performance-enhancing drug use. Well, if he hadn't done that, then he probably would have still been the second-best player that came off his college team. There's also that <laughs> Rafael Palmero from Mississippi right. State. There's also Roger Clemens, who didn't play in the SEC. No, Texas has had a – I think they're, they're – is he the only player from Texas? I don't the believe there's well, a – Well, he's Tex- not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I mean. that's what I mean. I don't, I don't know if there's a Texas graduate huh. in the Major League Baseball Hall of well, Fame. Well, I mean, yeah. I don't had, think there's an Oklahoma graduate. Well, we looked at Fame that Fame. because there just weren't that many college players that went on and had long professional careers because they felt like that was a waste of three or four years. Mm-hmm. That's changed quite a bit. Yes, it has. Since, uh, you know, since the, the 90s. Now. Oh, absolutely. I know we're approaching our top of the hour break. Nearly halfway done. Yes, Justin Kirby will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. We'd love for you to join in. We're here at Franklin Tire on the Monday edition of The Drive. You can uh, give us a call on the Kia of Auburn hotline, 334-321-1390. We're back in just a few minutes with hour number two of the Monday Drive.
1067. ESPN 1067. WGZZ HD3 Waverly and W294AR Auburn Opelika. This is SportsCenter. I'm Doug Brown. Rudy Gobert of the Timberwolves gets a one-game suspension from the team. He's out for tomorrow night's play-in game against the Lakers after punching teammate Kyle Anderson in the chest on Sunday. ESPN's Kendrick Perkins. You had to suspend him because you got to set some type of boundaries for your young stars to let them know that this is not acceptable. And so you can't put your hands on somebody and not think that there's not going to be consequences. Kendrick Perkins on this just in. Minnesota also loses Jaden McDaniels with a broken right hand. He punched a wall during Sunday's game. ESPN's Adam Schefter reports at least six teams have talked with the Arizona Cardinals about trading for the third pick in the NFL draft. The Cardinals are still considering their options. The draft starts on April 27th. The Red Sox put outfielder Adam Duvall on the injured list with a broken left wrist. He'll be out for an extended period. No timetable given. Duvall got hurt trying to make a diving catch Sunday against the Tigers. Royals manager Matt Quattraro will be back in the dugout tonight. He missed the last five games with COVID-19. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Live from Auburn, the sports capital of Alabama, this is The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome in. Hour number two, the Monday Drive. Bill, Dan, and Brian Matthews, AuburnSports.com. And we're here at Franklin Tire on East University Drive. Beautiful Monday afternoon. Oh, I'll tell you what, this is this is nice. I mean, we've, we've been here. It seems like a lot of the times we'd come here, it would be rainy, and we'd be watching for accidents out here. I mean, not that... Uh, you know, not that we need any entertainment or anything like that. But, I mean, great place to be. Great folks that will take care of you and your vehicle. Anything you need seen about, they can uh, they can let you know exactly what it is, if there are options, and then take care of it for you. 334-321-1390. That is the Kia of Auburn hotline. Kia of Auburn, where you always number one. That's right. You can also text the show, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box presented by our friends at Southeastern Industrial Contractors. And that's, that's me. Okay. I wanted to make sure I wasn't coming yeah. too hot there. No. Uh, but the, uh, Brian and I switched, remember? Uh, so the uh, – no, and, and you, can, you can text the show, uh, 334-564-1840, on the drive text box. You can also uh, check us out on the podcast, however you listen to podcasts. That's also presented by our – Southeastern Industrial Contractors. Hour number two of the drive brought to you by the good folks at the Orthopedic Clinic, East Alabama's go-to center for orthopedic care with locations in Auburn and Opelika on the web at theorthoclinic.com. And let's uh, let's get to the Kia of Auburn hotline. And Jeremy is up first this hour. Hey, Jeremy. Hey, guys. Y'all don't do a whole lot of minor league baseball, and myself and most of your listeners are probably glad um, but did y'all see what happened between the trash pandas and the lookouts over yeah. the weekend? 
That was crazy. Unbelievable. A a uh, um, a no hitter, but seven runs allowed. Seven runs in inning. allowed in a seven to five <laughs> in one inning. Yeah. We were talking about uh, the struggles of getting the ball over the plate. Strikes are overrated. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, you, you can, you, you know, optional. Oh, Strikes my. are optional in some some you, uh, leagues. You, I would, guess. you would think that there were more than just the one error, but it wasn't. It was it was something like five walks, three hit by a batsman, and then one one error that uh, yep. the center fielder. I saw it. I saw a video of it. The center fielder almost got his head taken off because he just missed the baseball. Well, you, you know uh, one thing, and it's funny. I, Jeremy, I was talking with uh, with our friend Tex the other day after that doubleheader, and uh, folks wonder sometimes how can you know how can you make that error in the field? Well, if you're out there in the field and your pitcher can't throw strikes, it is very uh, tough to just stay focused and ready. Because you're just you're you're waiting for that next bad pitch. Absolutely. Um, I, I look. I, I've been around baseball for thirty five plus years now. I've never seen that. Never in my life. Never thought of anything like that. Oh, I've um, never seen a seven nothing. I've never seen a seven run no hitter. No, no, I've never heard of that. No, I, I've seen I've seen some two to one no hitters where the team loses. Sure. Uh, that, that that happens, but you know that that was just. For it to be professional baseball, that, I just I can't get over that. Um, and hey, since y'all are at Franklin, any, any chance they they have like pitching mechanics available? <laughs> that's that's great. That that would be that would be very good, very handy. No question about yeah, that. Yeah, J- Jeremy, I, as I, as someone who watches baseball, and and you, I, I, if I recall correctly, I think you've coached coached some of it there at different age levels. Um, yeah, what what do, what do you see from the Auburn baseball team? Especially this past, in, in light of your little nothing, pitching mechanics joke there, it's that's nothing new. Like since since Butch came on, he was brought in with the whole idea that all this guy done is get pitchers to the major leagues and was some sort of like pitching. I don't want to use the word guru. That's just stupid. But you know, was was a really really good pitching coach. And since he's come in, we have yet to finish in the top half in the SEC in pitching. As far as like team ERA goes, like we are we are constantly at like four and a half or worse when it comes to our our ERAs, and I don't understand it. I don't. Is it is it a recruiting thing? Is he just I mean, not I, I kidding? That that you know, Jeremy, I I keep coming back to I, I keep coming back to the question of you know I asked I asked Bill you know when, when it not and it, it it's adjacent to excuse making so i you know i'm reluctant to even bring it up but when there there are states that right don't have a you know a, a system in place where they can offer baseball players competitive scholarships compared to uh-huh. other teams in their league this is even before nil which you know could could tilt the scales further in favor of of, of some of the the programs with with a great deal of success in recent years i mean yeah, I, I wonder. I wonder how much Butch can do to improve the pitching from what you've seen the last couple of seasons. It's going to be hard for Auburn to win recruiting battles. Well, I think you know for other teams in the league. I think it helps now you have NIL, so that balances things out a little bit more. Um, I think in the past, um, because of Auburn's limited scholarship numbers, 
they haven't had the depth in the pitching staff that some of the um, schools do that have. Yeah, because Aub- Auburn has had me. Auburn has had guys that have gone on right. to in the we professional have. ranks and, and, have, and have done pretty well. But it seems like there's one per staff right. is the way it's Our, been. And, and I do think, Jeremy, the part staff. of it is the inability to be able to offer full scholarship. You know, you can't give a full scholarship to um you know, to, to it's very rare that you can give a full scholarship with eleven point seven. So other schools can if they've got the you know if they have the lottery scholarships and things like that, hey, look, they can uh, they can go ahead and bring them in. I can I can appreciate all of that, but he's been here for eight years and played we've had seven seasons of baseball since he came in. And like I said, to to never have a staff that even finishes in the top half of the league. I, Maybe that makes I, I, it more unbelievable that Auburn's been to two of the last three yeah. College World Series. Well, and if you look at those seasons, we were first or second in the SEC in batting average. We didn't get there because the pitching was good. We got there because right. the bats got hot and we beat our way to, oh, right. to the College World Series. Um, I, I don't know. It, it's been it's been frustrating. Like the the entire time that he's been here has has been very very frustrating. The the, the Jeremy the I, thing I, would be I, and I, I don't want to I don't want to seem overly devoted to to one coach, but I but I would think that if you know, I I mean I let, look maybe maybe someone else could get get much different results of out of a pitching staff you know under the current rules and under the status quo. In college basketball, but I but I do understand the folks who say if, if Butch Thompson can't fix it, it's it's going to be hard to find someone who can. Yeah, and he's had to turn over almost the whole roster the last two seasons, or well, at least half the roster the last two seasons. So it's been a really tough area. Also, um, you know, you go back, you had those heel injuries to was it five factors or I can't remember the exact number, um, but. That really season as far as the pitching goes, and then um, this season, you know, um, you, you brought all these new pitchers in. Then you're the guy you you counted on to give you seven, eight, or nine innings in a weekend has basically been out the whole year except for the opening weekend. You know, that, that's sort of and what happened when that happened. You put all this pressure on the guy ready for it yet, and and you know they haven't had a chance just to bring those guys along at the pace you want to bring them along. They had to them in there and at some point you think that's going to pay off and they're going to you know, look some of them and they're going to start performing better it just has not happened yet appreciate the phone call Jeremy 1390 and Tex is up next hey Tex Uh-oh. yeah Jeremy we did lose Jeremy. Do we have? Uh, all right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'd love to hear from you. Three, 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 four. Anything you want to talk about sports wise? Yes. Frustrating. Uh, no, no. That's why we're, I was, you know, some of those numbers are, are and they've tried just about everybody and different roles. Yeah. So, I mean, they had. They, they took their best, uh, moved them all the starters a few weeks ago. Um, two times has played pretty well since going to a starter. And you feel like it's maybe a wave of finally just settling in there and maybe giving you five or six innings. 
Uh, he certainly has the stuff to do it. It'd be great to, great to have that one text back with us. Hey, Tex. Hey, guys. Sorry about that. Uh, I was, I'm still at the office, and they seem to always know that. Uh, so uh, I was listening to the call just, just a minute ago. Uh, the other thing, Bill, that we didn't talk about is uh, defenders get bored when pitches aren't around the strike zone, but so does an umpire behind home plate. Yeah, uh, and what you see is a reaction. Everybody right. said, "Oh, they flinched. They wanted to call it. They flinched because they didn't expect it to be a strike." And uh, to ex- go ahead, expect to get a corner when you haven't. I'm sorry, you're going in and out on me. We don't have a good connection with Tex. Uh, yeah, well, I'm we on the landline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Bill, I'm yeah, on the landline. Yeah, it might not be you. It might be us. That was that was a great point. I thought, uh, you know, just the offense and the defense, right? Because we all the time and walking players have these long innings that affects everybody on the team. I mean, you you want everybody, uh, you know, stay on the balls of your feet. It's tough not to be on your heels when when you're just watching, you know, walks around the bases. Yeah. So. Um, I'll tell you what, we will, uh, we'll go ahead and get to our first break here. I know, uh, we, we had some problems earlier. We're working on the situation right now. We'll get to our first break. Stick with us here on from Franklin Tire. The drive continues. 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 The drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of the drive, call 334-321-1390. Toll free at 888-382-7502. Or email the drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the drive here on this Monday afternoon. And we've gone old school. Yeah, it's, we're back. We're back. We are, we are back, and we're going to stay. We're going to stay connected. Uh, but but we're. Uh, I don't believe we're going to be able to take calls. No, we mm-hmm. we had so so it's uh, you know a little ghost in the machine uh, impacting our internet connection. So we are we are on the switchboard uh, to the radio station back in the day. But we are on the air that way. So it's, it's great to be. Uh, it's great to be connected, and, and and at our. And I also want to say it's got nothing to do with the great service they do here at Franklin. <laughs> That's right. Oh no, absolutely not. I'm just. Uh, uh, Tex was texting saying he was going to call back. No, he's not. We'll, we'll, we'll get we'll get text. Uh, we'll, maybe we'll get he can text. text maybe he can text. Yeah, huh? we can get text. We can get text another time, or maybe tomorrow we're in the studio. We're going to have Justin Kirby on at the uh, at the bottom of the hour. So yes, we we can call. Yeah, don't during, don't call us. During, we'll call you during commercial. Remember breaks. that song? I, yeah, that, that, that's I, an oldie. I can I can call out during commercial breaks, but I don't know if we're going <laughs> to text. We'll we'll get you we'll get you tomorrow. Sorry about that. Yeah. So um, now you know the the, the force of habit. I, I almost gave the phone number so, then. So, you can call it, but we won't answer. So Brian, we we were talking about a day in the in, in the first hour. You know, obviously you know, a damper sort of placed on this yeah. because because the weather was less than ideal. But Auburn still, I think, capped off a fairly successful spring practice. What are who are the players, as far as you can tell, who improved their position from the first day of spring practice to now, or guys that are that are that have made some move either to solidify playing time or to make a real case that they could be uh, that they could be one of the guys at, at their at their respective position? 
Well, I guess starting at quarterback with the quarterback that Auburn has right now, I think Robbie Ashford improved. I think uh, I think Holden did that. too. Yeah, I, and you know that they. I'm not saying that any of those guys are going to be Auburn starter this year, but um, if Auburn cannot, uh, you know, find a portal quarterback, they're going to have to go with what they got. And um, you know, Robbie Ashford, with his ability to run the ball, probably gives them the best opportunity to balance out the running game, take a little bit of stress off of Jarquez and Damari and those guys, and do some different things. So um, I would say that he has improved at the quarterback position. I- I'm not sure I can necessarily pick out any wide receivers who made a big jump, but I think Camden Brown had a pretty good um, spring. I think um, Jay Fair had a pretty good spring. And uh, who else am I thinking of there? The wide receiver. There's one more that... Um, uh, that was mentioned a couple of times. Uh, uh, Javarius made some plays for sure. Yep. Um, tied in, I think Rivaldo Fairweather came in and, and looks to be maybe Auburn's best playmaker. Yeah, I think he is. He is the closest thing Auburn has to a go-to guy among the among the receivers. And that's going to be a tough position to keep everyone intact between now and the start of the season. Not health-wise. What do you mean? I mean, I, I wonder if any of the guys. You know, you got five players four of whom are upperclassmen, including Rivaldo, and then Micah Riley-Ducker, who is no slouch as a recruit. Oh, the tight end room. Yeah. I, I, I wonder if, if all five tight ends are going to want to stick around through the rest of the offseason. I, I would hope so. Yeah, well, you know, I mean... stuck around for so long, you yeah, kind of figure that out. I, I, think, I think Luke Deal and Connor Fromm are going to be on the field an awful lot, yeah. as well as Rivaldo. I mean, I, I wonder maybe Brandon... Maybe maybe the only one that I just wonder, but I think they like him as a receiver. And Ben, and ben Igamawa talked about how much he likes Micah Riley Ducker. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it would be you know take a year, learn the system. There are some more experienced players well, have, in front of you now. A lot of more, a lot more room after, right. after this seniors. coming year. Yep, yeah. yep. Uh, moving on to the offensive line, um, I thought of guys returning. Uh, Tate, yeah, Tate Johnson made the biggest improvement, and, and you know he got starting experience last year. Now they feel mm-hmm. like he can play center or guard. And then a guy from practice one to practice 15, Connell Lou, who started uh, the A-Day game at guard. I think he definitely improved in that area. So those are the guys I would pick out offensively. On the defensive line, I think Jeffrey Emba has, has improved. You know, I've always thought he was an incredible athlete. I think he, he's starting he was to, so raw yeah. coming in. I mean, he really hadn't played that much football. I still think he has work to do there. But I, I think he's, he's, he's on the path now to being a really good player. And, just watching Marcus Harris out there, I thought he looked terrific. Just watching him in the defensive line drills, I didn't really focus on him in, in the eight-day scrimmage, but um, really liked what I saw out of him. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll mention somebody now. This isn't the guy who's been around. We, we talked about some of the transfers a while ago, but but Mosiah, mm-hmm. uh, he is, I mean, he is, I think, got a chance to be pretty special yep. upside. And was talked about a lot here the last week mm-hmm. of spring practice. Right? I, I watched, really stepped up. you know, as much as I could through the through the blurry window and everything. Yeah. He, he he looks good. He really looks good in the uh, in the spring game. Tudor Falk clearly um, made steps from practice 1 to 15 and could start at edge if, if Albert doesn't find another one in the portal or Jack linebacker now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would have to say that um, Wesley Steiner improved. He's not... He, He's a guy that I wondered about, you know, as far as playing this year. And he's a guy that's running first or second team pretty much every time, um, you know, you went out there. So he's definitely a guy that stepped up at, at linebacker, but a guy that's returning. And I think that um, Austin Keyes, the transfer from uh, from Old Miss, is probably going to be your starting mic. And then Robert Woodyard, another guy that improved a lot, is probably going to be your backup mic and the guy who's ready to step in 
yep. can be the next guy up. There, yeah, I think so. they've got a much better position at linebacker than any of us thought going into the spring. Definitely, definitely. Um, defensive back, cornerback. Caden Lee. Yeah, it has to be. Would be, would be the guy that comes right. to mind immediately for me. I mean, maybe there's, you know, Caden Bridges came to come on. You know, you heard a little more about Caden Bridges towards the end. I think, I think, uh, I think Caleb Wooden. Yeah. And Caleb Wooden, too. Yeah. I think he's a guy that, I mean, we saw him a lot, getting a lot of work with the one. There's a couple different, uh, you know, players that maybe aren't listed as starters right mm-hmm. now on, on a depth chart that could make a play uh, for, for playing time. And then I think they've got a really good situation in the secondary. Other than they keep everybody healthy. Yeah, but that's going to be big, and Kyan Lee is playing right away. Um, going to be a key backup, and if somebody goes down with injury, I don't think they'll feel like they're taking a big step back playing the true freshman. Any, anywhere on Starting defense that, that you, you see uh, Auburn prioritizing in the, the transfer portal over the next two weeks or anywhere they, they would want to add a player or two between now and the start of the season? Definitely Jack Linebacker. Uh, you know, I think um, Kelder Falk is going to be a really good player and can be a solid to the good player this year. But you need more speed and athleticism there, I feel like. More more, more guys who can really get you the uh, passer quicker. And some guys who have more experience, I think Elijah McAllister is a good, solid depth guy who can do his job. I don't uh-huh. think he's going to be out there making a bunch of plays uh, for Auburn necessarily. I think he's more of a system guy. So that's an area, and I, I just don't see a lot of depth there. I, mean, I think that's the most, pressing obvious, area the most obvious need. Yep. Yep. And then... Um, just because Auburn got pushed around a little bit in the A's A scrimmage, maybe if there's another good defensive lineman, but you got to remember they've got a, um, a couple more coming in in May, including a JUCO signee. That's, that's right. So um, that's real. I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's priority. I think it's I think it's Jack Linebacker on defense all the way there, uh, and then the other priority is of course being the quarterback and wide receiver, and maybe an interior offensive lineman. Yeah, and again the um, the the portal opens this weekend Saturday. Um, so, I mean, and it's just open for 15 days. So, I mean, there'll be players, I'm sure, later this week announcing that they're going yes. to be going in the portal. Already been two for Auburn, uh, two linebackers. Um, Desmond, Desmond Tisdall and uh, uh, Brown. Uh, Cameron and Brown. Brown. Yep. So those guys are going to be in it. And uh, They won't be the last two nope. that will go in from Auburn. I think there will be – I wouldn't be surprised if there – somebody asked me that this morning, and I said probably in the 8 to 10 range of mm-hmm. total – Coming and going. Yeah, and when we say the portal opens, that means players can get into it. They can get out of the portal at any time. So basically, and, and through, through the, you're starting your you know, semester of fall uh, school, right? You know, as long as you get them in school, they can get out of the portal. So it's getting in the portal. they got 15 days to do it. Yeah, so, so uh, Auburn right now, I've, I've got Auburn with 86 scholarships. So they'll, I, I think they'll probably lose or, or have four or five go in, like to get three or four. They do that, they'll be right at the 85, and that's pretty amazing. If they could get a quarterback wide receiver edge and, and an offensive line, that would be tremendous. Yeah, no kidding. We were just talking about tight end. I think there are a couple of positions where, without individually, without identifying individual players, there are probably a couple of positions where you could wonder if there are upperclassmen who don't like their standing on the depth chart right now and, and could go somewhere yeah. else uh, in search of more playing time. I think I think I think one of the well I think one of the reasons you're looking for another interior offensive lineman is you you might have an offensive lineman or two leave offensive so. line defensive line I think are both positions yeah. maybe True. receiver if, if there's someone you know an, an older guy or even even a, a player who was recruited by a previous coaching staff I think it's going to be a traditional quarterback could, and, and quarterback right. you know we we've, we've wondered if between Robbie TJ and Holden if all three of them uh, look like they're going to be on the team at the fall I would still lean towards no unless. I would Unle- unless the quarterback competition is truly a three-horse race with fall camp open. 
between right. those three. Well, if they don't add one, it very well could be. It could yeah. be. Yeah, it, it, it could be. In, in which case, you know, may, although I would think even between the, you know, early in the fall, you'd want to. You need to get down to two. You'd want to get it down That's, to two. You'd love, to, you'd love to know who your guy is. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Uh, and it probably won't be long. I would, I would think that there is a quarterback available. Now, the other thing does, we didn't, we didn't talk about, on though. On quarterback, though, briefly, too. I mean, it, it does seem like you don't want to, you don't want to take too much away from a spring game performance, but it's not just the spring game. It was the last week or so of spring practice. It felt like Robbie had made a push yeah. to, to keep the starting job. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, you're, you're willing to just dismiss most of what you saw in A-Day because of the weather. Still feels like there's some comfort issues with TJ Finley in this offense, and when things break down or when things start to go really fast, you know it, it, it's when he struggles. Hugh Freeze is going to want a an up tempo attack all right. the time. A quarterback that struggles when things start to get uh, hectic is is you know, right. not, maybe, maybe not a great fit for what Hugh Freeze wants to do. Yeah, and it's been a slow process implementing his offense with these guys. I think. If for whatever reason it ends up being Robbie Ashford, I think they've got to change things around and try to build it around him, you know, what he can do well. Um, you know, he's never going to be a guy that completes 65% of his passes, but he's a guy with his running ability that can put a lot of pressure on people. And, and you maybe have three or four or, I guess, even five potential running backs that could contribute to a ground-oriented version. Yeah. Oh, I think you definitely have, have multiple running backs. And they want to rotate them, and those guys are excited about that. So I think um, I think they're all on the same page with this running um, thing. And, you know, the thing that's interesting about the A-Day game, they rushed for 250 yards. They're very successful there. But some of the things they found they feel like they're really good at, at running with, you know, some of the, the plays and the formation stuff, they didn't use it in A-Day. They, they, they kept it pretty simple. They didn't want to give that away. So that tells you uh, they can be really dangerous. There's a lot There's a lot keeping Sean Jackson from the top of the depth chart yeah. running back, understandably. I mean, sure. Jarquez looks great. They didn't use him very much. Damari looked time. really, really yeah. good. Damari Alston looked like he could play, Brian, but he has a track record. Yep. Sean Jackson. I've always he's liked him. A, he's, a rain, he's a rainy day yeah. back, isn't he? You, you, Man, he is. Yeah, that, that weather was perfect for him. Yeah. I mean, he's a good – you talk about short yardage guy. I mean, yep. he'll be fine there. The other thing to keep in mind, we were talking about earlier, was are you concerned any with the defense not being able – I don't think the defense did a lot either right. Saturday. I, I thought it was pretty vanilla. They didn't stunt. They didn't do things right. that could confuse the quarterbacks as much, right. and that would help them – and their ability to stop the run. And that's what Ron Roberts likes to do, right? Right. He wants to run an attacking style defense, and when you ask his guys to play, a, you know, just a, a base 3-4, three, 4-3, four, four, three, whatever, it's just not going to be as effective of uh, playing that way. So, you know, we'll see. Um, I still like the defensive line and what I've seen out of those guys. I, I think, think uh, the defense has got a chance to be pretty good. I think those three defensive linemen they brought in are, are going to really help out the depth there, and I think some guys have stepped up like Emba and Marcus Harris in this game. Depth is the key word there because we, you know, there, there were times last year where you looked at the Auburn, you know, the Auburn snap chart and say, yep. well, only three or four defensive lines have played. I was crazy. On Saturday. And we talked yep. to Jeremy Garrett about that, the defensive line coach, and he said specifically that he is rotating those guys and he wants to rotate those guys and just waiting for certain ones to show him he can depend on him. And I think he's got, you know, a good group already to depend on. We need to get to our bottom of the hour break. Justin Kirby joins us for Tiger Takes when we come back here on the Monday Drive from Franklin Tire.
churn up some more yardage on The Drive. The Drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. Welcome back into the Monday Drive. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews, Sports.com. And we're coming to you from Franklin Tire here on this Monday edition of the show. And Monday, 5.30, that means it's time for Tiger Takes. Brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Group. Alsolaw.com, right? Our, our, but I was trying to remember the, you know, call Zach, he's got your back. He does, yeah. Right. The, the, the great folks at Alsobrook Law Group sponsor Tiger Takes. They've done it all. All year long, right. right? Football, basketball, basketball, basketball and baseball. And, and now baseball, and we're, and we're thrilled here, here in the thick of SEC play and, and with Iron Bowl week here coming up in baseball. We're, we're thrilled to talk with Auburn outfielder Justin Kirby. Yeah, Justin, how are you doing today? I'm great, guys. How are you? Uh, we're doing fine. I had a little technical difficulty, but we, uh, we were able to figure it out. Dan just conferenced you in. Moved so. heaven and earth to make sure we're keeping <laughs> our, Justin, our Justin Kirby appointment yeah, right. uh, today. Uh, say, yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely, Justin. After a, uh, you know, it was a, a difficult weekend, not just weather-wise. The games had to be moved around. And, and then, you know, I, I think for both teams, a lot of runs scored this weekend. But, but a, uh, a, a diff, I think a difficult weekend for both pitching staffs and, and Auburn uh, come, coming away, uh, dropping two or three uh, to Texas A&M. Yeah, it was a. Uh, you know, we definitely have. Uh, we we or sorry, let me just backtrack. We know what we need to work on uh, moving forward. Uh, it's it's kind of just getting back to basics, um, especially from the pitching side of things. Just everyone everyone understands kind of our plan of attack is just executing and really staying on the offensive. Um, it's you know we pride ourselves a lot as an offense, as a pitching staff, as, as a program in general of being able to stay in the fight. Well, at some point, you know, staying in the fight is kind of defensive. You want to be able to dominate the fight. Um, and you want to be, you know, a little more aggressive, um, take control of things. Instead of just staying in the fight, you want to kind of own that fight. So moving forward, it's really just attacking the strike zone, getting ahead. And I think that kind of cleans up a lot of the inconsistencies throughout this kind of first portion of the season. Yeah, you're absolutely right, Justin. I mean, we, when we talked last week, you were, uh, you, you were talking about uh, going ahead and, and being able to um, stay on the offensive and continue to sort of put the, you know, you know keep, keep the uh, pedal down. And that's, that's something that at times has been a little bit of a problem. You guys, you guys have had some big innings and, uh, um, you know, jumped out to some leads, and it's difficult. You know, fans go, well, why, just, why don't you just keep doing that through the entire game? Well, you're trying. Mm-hmm. The, other team, the other team's trying to keep you from doing that as well. I mean, that's just part of the, uh, uh, part of the competition when you're out there game by game. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting, too, just because, um, you know, you think, of, you think of football as such a game of momentum, and you can kind of control that momentum. So much of something in a sport like football is, is in your control. Uh, baseball is also a game of momentum, but there's you have much less in your control. Uh, it's the only sport where you do everything perfect and fail. Uh, it's a sport that 
you know, is so much in your own hands, but it's also just kind of at the will of an umpire. Um, and so a lot of that, yeah, I mean, you score five runs in one inning. I'd, I'd sure love to do that every inning too. Um, but sometimes <laughs> it's just, it's kind of just the nature of the game. It's, it's why we love to hate the sport. <laughs> Justin, one thing I was struck by this weekend uh, was, was the way Auburn was able to produce in two strike counts and often with two outs. I think a lot of the runs scored on Friday, right? And, and, and some of the, I think some of the Thursday night runs were scored, you know, with, with, with adversity, with, with two strike counts, two out counts. But what, what is, what's the mentality, you know, that, that, that has led Auburn to have success uh, in, in counts where maybe in situations where the, the deck was stacked a little bit against the hitters? Um, well, a couple things. You know, it's, we, we practice two-strike hitting all the time. It's one of the main things we do because a lot of games are won or lost based on how well you can two-strike hit. And, you know, you understand as a defense how kind of, I guess, disheartening and kind of deflating it is to give up a two-strike hit or a two-out RBI or both of those things. Um, and, you know, you, we kind of pride ourselves on you can you can slowly – those are kind of just jabs, and after after a while, you kind of get that big knockout punch, and that that's really kind of what we pride ourselves on is just kind of a a relentlessly focused offense, no matter what the count or what the score is. It's what what's helped us uh, have all these come from behind wins, and it, it's hard to it's hard to put a team away when they don't really quit, no matter you know. If there's no one on with two outs or you're down to two strikes, it's just you gotta you gotta put the ball over the plate and kind of give us our chance. So so Justin, uh what was it like to have a Saturday and Sunday with no baseball in the middle of the season? <laughs> it was I mean, that's a first for me. It was really weird to uh you know, I got I got back to my apartment on Friday night and I'm like, Wow, like I'm I'm done for the you weekend. It's a really, it's a really weird feeling. And then, uh, so then, yeah, Saturday, the weather was pretty miserable. We had the, we had the Frank Thomas ceremony, which was awesome. Um, it was great to, great to be a part of and witness the unveiling of the statue and hear him speak and, uh, his former coach speak. Uh, it it was a really cool experience, but yeah, it was, it's definitely weird to be right in the middle of a spring and, I'm sitting there on a Saturday and Sunday, you know, scrolling through Twitter, seeing ever like all these other schools playing and the world does go on. It's kind of weird when you're just sitting in your room by yourself, you're like, Oh yeah, the world doesn't really shut down when we're not playing baseball. Well, I want to ask you about the Frank Thomas dedication, but first, uh, before we move on from, from the A&M series, uh, Cooper McMurray got, got going a little bit pair of home runs on, uh, on, on Friday, you know, another guy who's in, in his first year, uh, with the team, what have you seen out of Cooper? And uh, yeah, tell, tell us about those two home runs and how that might be a a, a turning point for him this year. Um, yeah, it's a great weekend for him. Uh, it's a it's a great weekend for the for Auburn whenever he whenever he can play well because I mean he's he's a very dynamic player. He's one of the better defensive first basemen I've ever played with. Um, which I think that kind of characteristic often gets overlooked because first base is such an offensive position, but um, it's great for uh, 
particularly infielders when you could have a really sure-handed first baseman, especially with someone as big of a frame as he has. Um, but yeah, watching him hit is, it's fun. It's, it's fun to watch him connect with the ball. Um, but he puts together a lot of really good at bats and he, uh, He's been working on a lot of things, being able to use all parts of the field, helping him, you know, stay connected. And uh, he hit a, I think one of the most impressive things I've ever seen is on Sunday, back to last week against at uh, Florida, he was facing Caglione, who is a lefty that the hardest pitch he threw that game was 98. So he's facing left on left, you know, mid to upper 90s, two strike count, uh, fastball up and in, hits an absolute bomb foul down the right field line. And, you know, usually that's kind of a recipe for, all right, one is a hitter. It's tough to know that you just missed a home run and you're like, oh, God, like now i got to do it again, basically. I, I was this close to hitting a home run. And then as a pitcher, you're like, all right, I throw almost 100 miles an hour and I have a guy that obviously is kind of sitting one pitch, one spot. He just kind of showed me his cards. I could do a lot of stuff with him now. Well, the very next pitch was, I believe, another fastball, but down, low and away, and he stays on it, uh, hits a missile over the left center wall, and, you know, that really fired us all up. And it was just great to see, you know, you could clearly tell that he's really committed to his plan and he knows what he's doing in the box, and as long as we can continue to have him going, it's going to be fun to watch. Well, speaking of uh, large-framed first baseman, uh, we, were, we were talking about uh, the big hurt and uh, his ceremony. You, you guys got to spend a little time with uh, with Big Frank. Just uh, you know, just tell us your thoughts, your your impressions, just how that was. Um, it, it was larger than life is is quite an understatement. Um, but he's he was great to listen to. Uh, has so much just insight about college baseball, professional baseball, just uh, he's, he's really wise when, when it comes to the game. Um, and I mean, I was kind of struck with just how he, I mean, I, I didn't really grow up watching Frank Thomas. That was a little before me, I, I suppose, but he looks really good. I mean, I guess the, the new genics must be working. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he, he does. He, he, uh, it still fill out, he still fills out the, uh, the uniform pretty well. And, and the, and the statue, uh, it's, it's my favorite, I believe, of the statues because that is him. That is mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. him driving the ball out over the right center field wall, I can tell you. And I, yeah, the statue, I mean, like it's, you're kind of in a position where you obviously you want to say nice things about, the the new statue, but I can genuinely say like it was so well done. It looks mm-hmm. so good. Um, it looks like him. Uh, all the details are great, and I mean it's it's gigantic. If you all haven't, it, or, it, it should be when you no, but oh, it's, like, it's got to be. <laughs> yeah, it's it definitely does him justice. That's for sure. And Justin, you were you were busy during the uh, during the games, but they had the uh, they had the tent set up. Over by, over behind the right field that had uh, the pop up, yeah, had the, the pop up set up there in the uh, and, and with different, you know, different throwback retro related Auburn uh, fashion, mm-hmm. and there were more than a couple items caught my eye there. They had the, the, the we were debating it last week. So Auburn used to have the powder blue mm-hmm. baseball yeah. uniform with the orange block font, 
and they were selling powder blue hats with Auburn in that orange block font. I thought, I'd get, among other cool-looking you know, Auburn baseball-themed stuff, but I hope people were able to get out there this weekend and, and not just see the statue, but also maybe grab a... Uh, Maybe grab some of that cool first. Oh, I, I am sure. Well, Justin, uh, this week, as Dan mentioned, it's uh, it, it's it's the uh, the the Alabama series up in Tuscaloosa, and man, this conference. Um, I, I know there are a couple of teams that are just playing ridiculously well, but uh, just to give you an idea that you you can't tell what's going to happen, Mississippi State goes into goes into its series with Alabama winless. They sweep, and now Alabama is uh, sitting there at four and eight as well. So it's two teams really needing a series win this weekend. And yeah, yeah, there was a uh, ever a little motivation for a Iron Bowl baseball weekend. I mean, it's definitely there. Uh, yeah, that's kind of the story with with a lot of teams in the SEC. We were talking about that, you know, as a team uh, earlier today in practice was just. There's there's a lot of teams, especially for the remainder of our schedule, that have like like ourselves have a lot to prove and still have a lot left on the table. Um, but I've said it before, and I'll say it again. It's just that's kind of the beauty of this league is that you're never out of it. There's always a chance. Uh, baseball is such a crazy sport where just when you think one team might be out of it, they get crazy hot and completely flip the script. So, um, and that's that's just why you you show up every single day and uh get ready to put the work in because you never really know when things just really click and uh you catch fire oh absolutely and this this weekend will you know at the end of this weekend that'll just mark the halfway point of conference play Mm -hmm. yeah it's uh there's definitely a lot of optimism just and and not that like i mean yeah we're four and eight we'd love to be better than that but it's not the end of the world. Um, we're not even at the halfway point, like you said. Um, so if, really, the I feel like the mentality now is we know what we need to do. Uh, we keep, you know, kind of the nose to the grindstone and do, uh, do what we need to do, control what we can control, and our destiny is still very much in our own hands. Justin, uh, we really appreciate you spending some time. Of course, you got Georgia Tech. Uh, before the, the trip to Tuscaloosa this weekend, best of luck in, in all the games this week. And uh, before we let you go one more time, I'll remind folks how they can keep up with you on social media. Yep. Uh, Instagram is underscore Justin Kirby underscore. And Twitter is at jkerbs15. And, yeah, absolutely, guys. I, I appreciate it. It's always a, a pleasure talking to you. And uh, hopefully we'll we'll go out and get some wins this week. Sounds good, Justin. Thanks, man. Have a great week. Great stuff, Justin. Talk to you again soon. Yep. Appreciate it. See you guys. Justin Kirby joining us. Tiger Takes brought to you by the Alsobrook Law Group here every Monday at the bottom of the uh, second hour. We'll get to our final break of the show. Bill, Dan, and Brian back with you as we wind it down from Franklin Tire. Now, more of The Drive. The Drive. With Bill Cameron and Dan Peck on ESPN 1067 and online at ESPNAU.com. To be a part of The Drive, call 334-321-1390, toll free at 888-382-7502, or email The Drive at ESPNAU.com. 
Welcome back into The Drive. Bill, Dan, Brian, Matthews, MarlboroSports.com. We apologize for some of the uh, technical difficulties that we had. Sometimes the, the Internet can yeah. be technical. Uh, you know, we're, we're on the air, though, and, and, uh, and right. thank, thanks to Justin Kirby for uh, for, for bearing with us and, and uh, joining us as part of Tiger Takes in the previous segment, brought to you by our friends, the Also Football Group. And and, and want to thank Franklin as well for their hospitality. Oh, absolutely. I always, yeah, I always appreciate being here. And again, they do such a good job of taking care of all the vehicles in, in all of our families. I mean, they're, they are just, uh, they're great folks, and they do a great job. Um, Brian? Uh, some folks would think, all right, eight days over, mm-hmm. not much going on. Uh, that uh, couldn't be much further from the truth. But everything that, yeah. that's going and going to be happening here, I think, in the next few weeks. Well, recruiting and football portaling, so to speak, is going to be two big things that are going on over the next several weeks and months. Uh, I believe the coaches are going to go on the road here fairly soon. Um, so they'll be doing that and then bringing kids in, too, still, and then, I don't know the exact date, but uh, official visits will start in the May and month of June. And I think Auburn had about 30 official visitors come through uh, during that period last year, and I would not be surprised to have even more uh, this time around. And I would expect them to really have a lot of success there. So through June and then July, as these kids make uh, decisions, it's going to be a really busy time for recruiting and portaling, you know, see if Auburn can add those two, three, or four pieces to just really improve this team heading into the fall. Thing to keep in mind too is uh, you've got the the, uh, the the portal window opening up this weekend, but then there are graduate transfers too. Mm-hmm. That any time a player graduates, he could enter the portal right. and be eligible then. That's right. Doesn't have to necessarily do it uh, the other way. Right. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of options out there for Auburn, and um, I, I would just and keep a close eye on it. The way you freeze has been talking to, and, and uh, not not an example. Way you've been talking to, you get the notion that maybe he, he has an idea in mind of someone who could be going into the portal or someone who's contesting the waters, and, and that you know is, is uh, you know, that, that, that or, or, or maybe he just believes there's going to be such an influx of talent that Auburn can address these positions in the portal. But he talks like a guy with a plan. Yeah, I don't think there's going to be a, a great influx of talent. I think there's going to be opportunity for players here or there, mm-hmm. and they're going to have to jump. And I think um, some of those were fat, but. My um, intuition tells me they've evaluated and looked at a bunch of players that could potentially jump on the portal so they can make that decision very quickly when it happens. You cannot say, well, let's take a look at his film tonight, and then we'll see if we want to offer We'll get back the with them later. Yeah. No, it's too late. It's over. Yeah. Right. It's too late. you got to be back. And then, and then uh, basketball, of course. I mean, the portaling is in, in full effect right now. Great addition with Denver Jones. I mean, a terrific addition. Exactly what they needed. Uh, a guy who can knock down threes and, and defend on the perimeter and do a lot of things. And uh, they're going to continue to look for a, another guard who can combo as a point, possibly another three, and certainly number, number four, another four, and maybe depending on who stays or who leaves, uh, some more additions. Too. And, Brian, every, everybody can keep up with uh, with that because you guys are, are getting after it. Everybody is uh, keeping busy with yeah. all the news there. At AuburnSports.com. It's going to be busy along with baseball and softball, you know, hitting the, the midseason and see if those, if those programs can get going with the sports. So, uh, I mean, and, and tell folks how yeah. they can follow you as well. AuburnSports.com. Follow me on Twitter at BMATAU.